0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the whole conservative, not bitter talking. Yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. Should you want to watch the program live or on demand, as long as our friends at Facebook allow us to be there. Which uh, currently looks like we are, which is a good thing. So it's good to be here. Thank you for joining us. I want to start here this morning talking about um, Trump's announcement yesterday at the White House of some peace agreements in the Middle East. I also want to talk about how CNN... (laughs) CNN, I tell you what, I I don't even know how they keep straight faces over there at all, ever, ever. Although I did see where Don Lemon actually even realized that Nancy Pelosi going to a salon in her home community, hometown community, whatever, um, during the shutdown— while salons were closed, not wearing a mask, he was actually, you know, he couldn't even come up with an excuse for her on that one. He was bothered with what she did on that. He thought that she shouldn't be making excuses. So occasionally they stumble into things that make sense. But CNN yesterday, as Trump is signing these historic uh, peace agreements between Bahrain, Israel, United Arab Emirates, um, CNN show. <laughs> I tell you what, shows the White House, South Lawn, and at the bottom of the page, at the bottom of the screen, it says Trump holds White House event with large crowd, little social distancing. That's what they decided to tell us about that event was that there was an event. It wasn't that it was a historic peace event from the now – twice nominated Nobel Peace Prize president Donald <laughs> J. Trump, which I just this you can't you can't make this up. You can't you can't this is fantastic to me. But they don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about social distancing and whatever else. But this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Um and so Look, there's um, what Trump has said here. What Trump has said here is that this is a dawn of a new Middle East. He says at the peace, you know, the signing of the agreements yesterday, we're here this afternoon to change the course of history. After decades of division and conflict, we mark the dawn of a new Middle East. Now, this is, again, these are small steps. It's it's a big deal, but to, to they're, they're small steps. There's still a lot of, I don't know, danger, risk, turmoil in the Middle East led by nations like Iran, led by nations. I mean, you, you've, of course, got terrorist organizations running around Hezbollah, Um, you know, Hamas, groups like that. You've got issues in Syria, but these are steps in the right direction. Look, Israel, folks, I don't think many nations or many, many Americans grasp how important Israel is to the United States and to that region. I mean, Israel is a shining beacon of hope for that region as well. Israel is a very close ally. Israel is um, a, a friend. Israel, um, again, is, is a beacon of hope and, and freedom and uh, of, of opportunity in that region. They are hated by many nations. So any movement in this direction is a good step. And, and this, these peace accords, look, and, and I want to be careful here. This notion of, of peace, true, uh, long standing peace in the Middle East. I mean, there's, there's, uh, we know that there's never, that there's always going to be contention and strife and turmoil to some degree in the Middle East, uh, because of, I mean, this goes back millennia. This goes back biblically to Abraham and Isaac and Ishmael, and the, just the conflict there runs runs deep. God has things to say about that, but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that there can't be good things that happen um, and move us towards less violence, more. You know that they've opened up Jerusalem to, uh, you know protecting Muslims' rights to see holy sites as well. This has all been, you know, I go go back to the 90s when Clinton was working with Israel and the Palestinians. He gave the Palestinians virtually everything that they wanted, and that still wasn't enough for the PLO. It wasn't enough for... Arafat that's who he was dealing with he wanted I mean some of these folks truly want the annihilation of israel that's a that's a non-negotiable to some folks, but that's not what happened yesterday we're dealing with, with you know nations that weren't necessarily you know at war with israel, but there's there's still tension and, and turmoil. I don't think many of us in the West uh, can fully grasp some of the tension in fact i've got I've got an uncle. And an ant that that actually they work, believe it or not, at the um the garden tomb of of Jesus, um, where they think is a potential site of where jesus was uh Jesus's body was laid in the tomb before resurrection and you know just just to hear some of their experiences there i mean it gets it gets tense at times there's times when they go when they're about to leave the the complex or the compound it's a small a small area and securities might say to them you know today might not be a good day to go out and they would listen to that typically (laughs) well my uncle may not but they typically listen to that my aunt definitely would um because there's just tension in that in that region and and it's um there's many reasons but at the core of that are some really deeply held religious convictions and beliefs and holy sites and all this, all these sorts of things. But these are, these are steps in the right direction. And this drives the left absolutely mad. This drives the left mad because President Trump, remember when he was elected to be president of the United States, they threatened or they promised us that the things to come would include the destruction of the U.S., I mean, our economy, Trump was just going to try to enrich his friends, enrich himself. Um, The economy would be in shambles because Obama had this thing perfectly pieced together so that it was cranking out 1% GDP or or whatever it was. And meanwhile, nothing could be further from the truth. We were also supposed to be at this point in time uh, at war with multiple nations. It's important to point out, you know, that Trump, if you look at Trump, in comparison with other previous presidents in modern times, Trump has not gotten us into other conflicts. Now that may surprise some. You you go back and you look at even Obama. You look at Bush, of course. You look at Clinton. You look at Bush, uh, the the former Bush, and, and you start to look at former presidents, and you see that you know we had other conflicts that we've gotten into and i'm not saying all of them were necessarily unavoidable were were avoidable some might have been necessary i'm not even going to talk about whether we should or shouldn't have some of those we shouldn't have um but, but you know the war on terrorism for example was one that we we were pulled into but whether or not should we have attacked iraq and all this sort of stuff right i mean people will Argue and debate the, these things, but one thing you cannot debate is that Trump is pulling us in to needless wars because that is not happening. And this, by the way, I mean he's been consistent on this. You know, Trump Trump respects and appreciates the military, in, in spite of these hit pieces uh, that that you'll see running in the Atlantic, where Trump supposedly calls American. Say, uh, soul, uh, soldiers and sailors losers and whatever else they said he called them um back in you know world war 1 uh, for for dying or for be, being taken captive at battles suckers i think was the other phrase that they said trump used but you look at how he treats the military you look at how he's cleaned up the va you look at how he defends the military uh, in the way that he talks about them, you can, this guy is is for our military, for the military. He doesn't badmouth them. He doesn't talk about them as though they're uh, you know. Some of the left talks about people in the military as though it's it's what you know. I've I've heard them. They act as though only people that are in the military are people who are stupid that can't go to college. I've, I've encountered these people, folks. They don't understand someone who wants to actively go out and defend his, his or her nation. They don't understand that. That's a foreign concept to these radical leftists. They can't understand why someone would, be, would even be proud of this nation, let alone why they would be proud enough to want to go actively seek a way to defend it. People like Pat Tillman, former NFL star, safety for the Cardinals back in 2000, early 2000s, he enlists after 9-11, becomes an army ranger, and is killed while serving his nation. This sort of thing is foreign to some, I'm not saying every Democrat, I'm not, not saying that, but to the radical left, to those who hate this nation, who don't understand why this nation is worth defending, why we're we're proud of this, why we applaud this nation, why we call this nation the greatest nation on the face of the earth, why, why we call it a shining city on a hill they don't that's not at all what they see They're. this is foreign to them and so the only people they can understand that would do such things are people who just aren't very smart who don't have a, any other opportunities who can't afford to go to college right out of right out of school or what have you and of course that's not the case that's not true so anyway trump was supposed to cause havoc on the world. Trump was supposed to usher in World War III. You know, there's so many similarities between what you know, the Trump presidency and the Reagan presidency. Except for, I mean, the, Trump's not gotten us into any other additional conflicts. In fact, if you look at the pace of, say, the troop withdrawals in Afghanistan, for example— we're virtually, I mean, we're, we're to the point to where there's a pro- projected timeline where it looks as though there won't be any troops left in that particular part of the world. And that's, the, these are good things. Assuming, look, I mean, you don't want to arbitrarily do it if if it's premature and additional violence and bad things can happen. But if you can can secure that, And then withdraw, that is a good thing. That's absolutely a good thing. And we were told Trump was going to usher in World War III. Meanwhile, he's ushering in peace. Peace. And this concept, peace through strength, again, is foreign to the radical left. It is foreign to them. How do you achieve peace in the minds of the radical left? Well, you apologize for how bad America is. You say that America was at fault. You, you know, act as though all nations have equal footing on the same moral high ground. They just have differences of opinion when that's absolutely unequivocally not the case. For example, you can't, I mean, I, I look at what Israel has to face with some of these folks um, that are, you know, creating conflict with them. They're not on the same moral ground as the terrorist organizations that's insanity but that's what we're told in fact you have some people who want to blame israel for these problems meanwhile groups like hamas or whoever else they'll use schools and hospitals to house their their terrorists and to house their weapons so as to hope for an israeli strike on schools and hospitals to make Israel look like a terrible country for striking schools and hospitals when what they're trying to do is stop those places from being used as bases um, of attack on their people, on their nation. So again, this idea of peace in the Middle East is uh, it's it's tough to fully achieve, but it doesn't mean we can't make some strive, uh, strides in progress here, which I think – we clearly have with with what's, with what's been signed, and this is not – again, not supposed to happen, not supposed to happen. If you follow the left's narrative for a Trump presidency, if he was going to be in office at this point in time, he was going to be 50 points down in the polls or – of course, I, ideally, he wouldn't have been in office at all. He would have been removed from the office in handcuffs after the impeachment trial. But that didn't happen. He's not supposed to be anywhere near winning re-election. That, of course, can certainly happen. He can absolutely win re-election. We were supposed to be in World War III, probably at war with North Korea, China, and Iran all simultaneously. While things can get tense from time to time, with, which it has with all those countries, ask yourself why has it, it gotten intense. It's because of provocative actions by those nations. That's what it is. And Trump is not afraid to use the military to say, this is going to stop. We're going to deploy you know, ships here and all that sort of stuff to make sure that you and your reckless behavior stop. It's not to go start a war. It's to, it's to settle down and to make sure that some of the crazy stuff comes to an end, which we've seen from North Korea, from Iran. Again, China's provocative acts in the Chi- South uh, China Sea cannot be overstated as well with what they're really trying to, co- uh, to accomplish there by taking – creating land to take away these international waters and make those waters Chinese waters. Anyway, at the end of the day, here we are seven weeks from an election. Trump has historic signing of you know, peace accords between middle eastern nations including israel at the white house cnn's only worried about social distancing it's just quote unquote an event it's not a historic peace accord and here we are this is you know he's got nominations for two nobel peace prizes and they have to be completely uh, beside themselves this again was not supposed to happen not supposed to be the case and i've got to take a break when we get back i want to shift gears a little bit i want to talk about Biden. Biden's confused who's running for president. Biden's confused whether he's going to be president or Kamala is going to be president. So we'll talk about that after the break. This campaign is one big disaster, folks, for the Democrats. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. So, I want to, I want to to share, I tell you what folks, this, sometimes I think I've got the best job in the world, best job in the world, Joe Biden, remember yesterday we played a soundbite, we played a soundbite, let me pull it up here real quick, Kamala Harris during an interview on CBS or ABC, I think it was ABC, ABC News, she was talking about the Harris Biden ticket, right now i I will say in fact, I was just telling you uh, you know talking with one of our <clears throat> team members of the Todd have showed this, but y- you'll hear me when when I talk i people work with me, I don't say they work for me um I talk in terms of we, so I don't uh, there's a this is this is something we have to do as uh, you know together as a team and I think about you know I can relate to a part of that but that doesn't mean there's a reason it's the Biden-Harris ticket now there may not be good reasons let me let me go back on that there may be some really stupid reasons that it's the Biden-Harris ticket in fact we know that the reason the Harris name is on the ballot is because she checked off two boxes one she's black two she's a she she's a female you could say three, she's a leftist, but that's that's it. Biden had told us a long time ago that he's going to find a woman, and at other times he even said a black woman to be his vice presidential candidate, which, of course, led me to raise the question as to why Biden thought an Asian woman or a Asian man, Hispanic man, black man, Ask I would love to ask Biden why he finds... People that are not black women, unqualified to be his choice for vice president. I mean, he quite literally, quite literally used race and gender as a basis for his selection. That is what he did. Biden used race and gender to pick Kamala Harris as his vice presidential nominee. Running mate. That's it. That's what he used. That's what his team used. He told us he was going to do that, and this doesn't seem to be a problem in the minds or the, well, the emotions of, not the minds, the emotions of the radical left because, hey, they can do whatever they want. It's time, I guess, for there to be a female vice president. And again, I'm not against the notion, but I'm not for the notion simply because you put a woman on the ballot. That's just, that's ridiculous. That's silly. That's not. That's just not a serious uh, way to approach things. But that's where we are in 2020. So we know why the Harris name is on there. Why is the Biden name on the ticket? Well, glad you asked. The Biden name is on the ticket because they didn't have another name to put on there. They didn't want to put Sanders on there. The Sanders name on the ticket terrifies them. Sanders stands for socialism, revolution, all sorts of craziness that the establishment Democrats cannot be in favor of. They can't put their big money behind open socialism and radical nonsense coming from the presidential podium each and every day. So they were hoping someone would rise to the challenge during the campaign and and begin to get enough democrat support that they could that they could throw their money um and their resources behind that candidate and tell everyone else to get out of the field because they've picked their candidate that's going to stop bernie for the second time well no one rose to the challenge and so they were stuck with the guy who's been in washington dc for nearly half a century they knew this guy now they want you to think that he was their number one choice same with obama Obama now acts like that uh, Biden is the greatest potential president um, alive today, even though he didn't endorse him. And I don't I don't want to hear stuff like and I mean, there's a degree of truth here. It's not presidents wait sitting former presidents don't endorse during the primary and all this sort of stuff. Uh, I understand that to a point, but I'll tell you this. He endorsed him after Bernie did. Bernie dropped out. Why not? If you're for Biden, why didn't he endorse him the second Bernie dropped out? He didn't. He waited until Bernie not only dropped out, but endorsed him. Why? The only person I can think of that endorsed Biden after Obama is maybe Elizabeth Warren, my cousin Liz. So – this is biden got on the ticket because he's not bernie and this was the only person left that they thought um that they could coalesce around so they told mayor pete to step aside they told amy klobuchar to knock it off they went down the list they told my cousin liz not your time um elizabeth whether you're native american or not it's just not your time so all those thing all those people were, were, you know, called by the power brokers and there's others as well. Bloomberg. Bloomberg was out there making a fool of himself, spending about four million dollars per per delegate that he was getting. Anyhow, um so that's how the two names got on the ticket, but Biden and Kamala Harris, neither one seemed to know which name goes first, because yesterday we played this soundbite from Kamala we need Harris. need to make sure you have a president in the White House who actually sees you, who understands your needs, who understands the dignity of your work, and who has your back. A Harris administration together with joe biden as the president of the united states the biden harris administration right. will have access the harris administration along with joe biden as president so she started this thing off but listen even yesterday joe biden at the at the podium listen to what he says The Harris-Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort and keep pushing (laughs) further to make it easier for military spouses and veterans to find meaningful careers to ensure teachers know how to support military children in their classrooms and to improve support for caregivers and survivors so much more than we do now. So much more, yeah. I don't know why we haven't done it for the past 47 years, Joe. But anyway, why didn't Obama do this if it was such a needed and necessary thing? But anyway— Biden's even confused. Harris Biden, Biden-Harris. Who's my running mate? Am I somebody's running mate? Who's my wife? Who's my sister? How many people, um, you know, he, he gets counts of, of things wrong constantly, dramatically so, saying, what, 150 million Americans died of, from gun violence in the past 10 years or some such thing. That's almost half the population of the nation. This guy can't put together a coherent statement and sentence in many instances. And again, not even sure who's at the top of the ticket, even when it's himself. He might tell us today he's running for Senate. He might endorse Trump sometime this afternoon. I have no idea. All bets are off with this guy. And this is why, by the way, he refuses to accept Joe Rogan's invitation for a four-hour sit-down debate between... Trump and himself with Joe Rogan hosting. Trump's accepted it. The only person holding this thing up, folks, is is Joe Biden. Joe, if you want us, you tell us constantly. Look at us, man. Look at us. Look at our condition. Look at our mental condition. Look at look at how we you know handle ourselves. Look at what we say. Okay, let's put that teleprompter aside. Let's get out of the basement. Let's get up there with Joe Biden, or excuse me, with with Joe Rogan and Donald Trump sit at the have a sit down or you know, socially distanced we can socially distance you you can wear your mask if you want give you a microphone nobody in the audience just talking about issues Rogan says he doesn't think you can do it I think the same thing I'm sure you won't do it but if you want us to see step up be a man show us tough guys show us the same Joe Biden that was out there Staring down corn pop back in the nineteen sixties. Let's see that. You, we'll even let you bring your six foot piece of chain to the to the debate, Joe. Step up there and do your thing. Show Trump who's boss. Gotta take a break. Long in this segment. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. The Abraham Accords, which was what we were talking about a couple segments ago. I was just – Oz and I were talking here during the break. It's just – it's amazing the way that, that CNN decides to to cover this, the way that CNN decides to cover this, which again I know we talked about. But it's, it's just – it's remarkable. It really is. We know who CNN is. We know that they are the mouthpiece for the Democrat Party. We know that they hate Donald Trump with a passion. I don't even, is there, what's a word stronger than hate? Because that's what they, 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 they loathe President Trump. They just, they, they can't even hardly, they can barely bring themselves to utter the words president, the word president before saying the name Trump. And they look out at the horizon, at the landscape, and they see we have an election in seven weeks and, They're not sure that their guy is going to win. In fact, the only way that their guy benefits is if they stir up hatred for Trump, not by showing us more of their guy. And that's not supposed to be the case. It's not supposed to be even remotely close to this. They have invested every resource available to man. Remember back when Zucker gave the directive – Unless uh, your news report has to do with, what was it, impeachment or Trump Russian collusion or something, something that's destructive and damaging to Trump, he didn't want to hear it. We want our network, we want CNN to be the constant source of anti Trump propaganda. That's what we want. We want this CNN to be 100% of the time devoted towards destroying President Trump. That's what that's what we want. That's who our network is. Meanwhile, they've got the positioning statement that says, the most trusted name in news. Most trusted name in news. My backside, not even close to the most trusted name in news. Folks wouldn't know truth if it smacked him up the side of the head, which it does from time to time, and they still don't even recognize it. I mean, I, I watch some of these you know when when Chris Cuomo, tough guy Chris Cuomo's show migrates or merges with Don Lemon's show. Between I don't know, one of them's at nine and one of them's at ten. And I watch sometimes these dialogues <laughs> between these two jokers. I mean it's it's just astonishing. It's astonishing their worldview. It's astonishing that they think it makes sense. But I mean, that's when you live in that bubble of hatred, of animosity, of just deep loathing for an individual constantly, twenty four seven, nonstop. All your friends feel the same way; they fuel your hatred. It's like an echo chamber. On and on this goes. This is what you get. CNN can only find, can only find it. Necessary to tell its viewers that there's an event at the White House, not the Abraham Accords, not not something that is uh, positive news for a region of the world that's been tense for forever. None of that. All they want to tell people is that Trump has some random event and people aren't social distancing. That's it. That's how they cover. <laughs> that's how they cover it. It's remarkable when you stop and think about it. Anyway, I want to take a break here. When we get back, I want to share something else that happened in the media yesterday. A CNBC host was talking to Nancy Pelosi, and he accidentally – I think he accidentally – appears to me he accidentally called her a name that Trump, uh, Trump uses, and she did not much appreciate it. It's just kind of humorous uh, television, so we'll play that after the break. You are listening here to the home of conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. I still want to play this soundbite. It's Jim Cramer that calls Nancy Pelosi crazy, <laughs> crazy Nancy to her face. Which is quite remarkable in and of itself. But I still want to spend a little bit of time here. I know I, I left it for a moment, but I, and I've come back to it last, last segment. but the left acts as though Bahrain and the UAE, United Arab Emirates signing a peace accord with, uh, with Israel is, is no major accomplishment because they've not um, is not a positive step. Because there's no, I guess, military conflict. They're not firing missiles at each other. But it still doesn't mean relations were what they should have been. According to Fox News, these deals between Israel, the UAE, and Bahrain involved the exchanging of ambassadors, establishment of embassies. Folks, establishment of embassies. Embassies between the nations, establishing those Setting those up. How is, how is that not a good thing? There were not embassies before. Now there are embassies. They're talking about cooperating on a wide range of fronts, including trade, security, and tourism. How is that not good? How? How is that not a good thing? Because they weren't firing missiles at each other last week. I guess the left doesn't see any possible way that this is even remotely a good thing. Of course this is a good thing. Of course this is a good thing. Just because they weren't chanting death to Israel last week doesn't mean that there can't be positive steps. I mean it's remarkable how much they're blinded by their own rage and hatred. I promised to play this, and I'm getting to the end of the, end of the hour here, so I'm going to have to do this. I love this, folks. I really do. And I, think, I really believe that this was an accident. Jim Cramer interviewing Nancy, Nancy Pelosi yesterday on CNBC. They have this exchange. Between you and, I think, Secretary Mnuchin, I mean, what deal can we have at Crazy Nancy? I'm sorry. I, that, that was the president. <laughs> I, I have such reverence for the office. I would never use that term. But it is but hard, you just did. isn't it? Oh, <laughs> but on. you just did. You know what <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He calls her Crazy Nancy. He calls her Crazy Nancy to, in, in an interview to her face. I mean, she's dumbfounded here. She's dumbfounded here. I, you know, Crazy Nancy, to piggyback on what Kramer and, of course, President Trump call her, Crazy Nancy does have... They're talking about a deal between you know Congress and the White House and all this with coronavirus legislation and all this, but, which who knows if and when that will ever happen. But um, she has some questions to answer. She has some questions to answer about her special treatment of herself by being able to get her hair did at the local salon – while the rest of people in the community back home in California uh, were not able to do that. She waltzes around in there, doesn't have to wear a mask, instead says that she's set up. She's still not apologized for this. Actually, she did. She apologized for falling for a setup. And this poor salon owner has been targeted, has been the, the, the target of attacks, because people are saying that she set Nancy Pelosi up. Some salon owner attacks, sets up the Speaker of the House, somehow tricks her into – this sounds like Russian collusion – tricks Nancy Pelosi into not wearing a mask, tricks her into doing it. I'm not sure how she tricks her into doing it. I don't know if they forcibly removed it. I don't know what the story is here. It didn't look like Nancy Pelosi act like she wanted anything to do with the mask in the video I saw. She was just waltzing around like she owned the place. Yet somehow she faults this salon owner who's now been targeted and blacklisted in her radical community because people there have truly lost any ability to to reason and think for themselves. Just become a – I mean just totally just depraved in certain areas of that – I'll say certain areas of that particular city and so forth. No ability to think and, and, and use logic. Crazy Nancy, indeed. Jim Cramer calls her that She <laughs> on live television. He didn't mean to. I really don't think that he did, but it still humors me, and I've got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. that is all of the time that we have today time flies when you're having fun time flies when you're having fun and there's a lot more that we have on the docket to get to that I simply don't have time to get to but can't do anything about that today can't do anything about that today we always appreciate uh, you being here for joining us and we have a lot of other things on the horizon here we're developing our CNBU courses and um, we'll we'll dig deeper onto some things that I think are critically important to advancing the conservative cause and movement more on that in the time uh, days and weeks to come but all the time we have today appreciate you listening very much folks thank you so much SDG thanks for listening see you tomorrow take care